Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Janet. And I'm Helen. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of ABG. So one question we get a lot during events or through our DMs is, how do we run our business? After building this podcast turned small multimedia company for almost four years now, one and a half years full-time and two and a half years on the side while still employed at other companies, we now have quite a few processes in place that help us run ABG that we are very happy and excited to share with you all today. Yes, and a lot of times companies like to keep their strategies and ways they do things within their company to themselves as if it's some top secret ordeal. But for us here at ABG, I mean, especially if y'all have been with us since day one, you know we like to keep things transparent. And we would much rather share all of this information to help any of you out there who might be thinking about starting your own podcast or media company and curious about what the next steps are in terms of growth and expectations. Separately, if you have a very strategy-focused mind and can provide any suggestions for us to improve upon, we are always open to hearing how we can do better. So today, we'll be breaking down the different departments of our company, what we track to measure success, and our overall schedule as co-founders. So the three of us, we are co-founders of a team of seven, and we'll talk through the division of responsibility and different departments, quote unquote, that we run. I will say that a lot of this was a natural integration of our own strengths and the corporate backgrounds that we were able to bring into this podcast. So Jay, why don't you kick us off? Uh, so we'll start with our first department. I guess we we call it just like as the podcasting department. Obviously, having started as a podcast, all three of us are very involved in this work. But I'm going to go through kind of the main categories of how we come up with an episode from start to finish, right? So in terms of coming up with topics and scheduling, we have a giant Google Excel doc that we, all three of us, as well as a number of our team members have access to in order to track all of our episode content. 
Um, and the three of us will meet. Um, it's not really a regular schedule. It's just whenever we need to, to decide on the content calendar. And we generally have at least five to 10 episodes slated ahead of schedule. Um, we plan ahead, but we also try to accommodate for any last minute topics that may come up like current events or wonderful last minute interview opportunities. But it's this fine balance between setting somewhat of a plan A and then being flexible with that changing with additional last minute ads. So that's how we kind of come up with the topics and how we schedule things. The second step for the podcasting process is outlining. Um, Now, I know that everyone listens to different types of podcasts and some are maybe um, structured. Some are uh, very conversational. Uh, If you listen to our content, you might get a sense that we are generally fairly structured, though we are also very conversational. (laughs) I think it depends on the topic, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But to kind of, uh, the way that we kind of work is once we decide that this is an episode we're going to do, this is the topic, Mm -hmm. one of us will own that outline and then draft the outline. And so we, we rotate and take turns. So every episode you listen to, someone has kind of been in charge of fully fleshing out all of that content. And then each of us then individually will meet and talk about it and then prepare for it. Um, so then we'll then schedule our recordings and we've been recording in person, but because of COVID and also just cause we're a digital company, we're able to also record virtually. So we're on zoom a lot. We're also in person a lot. Sometimes we're at my kitchen table. Now, sometimes we're at Hel- in Helen's living room. Uh, Mel, we haven't been at your place yet, but yeah, my walls are thin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my floors are hard, but <laughs> <laughs> mm, no excuses here. <laughs> I have a little rug. <laughs> Then we'll go through the recording process and then we will take those um, audio files and, uh, you know, they go off to our editor, Michelle, who does an amazing job of turning them into something that makes sense. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Um, And then they come back to us and then we go through kind of the third big stage for podcasting, which is uploading. Um, And when it comes to uploading, um, I have generally kind of in terms of being the person that um, I guess oversees the podcast department, I'm generally the first point of contact for our hosting platform. But the three of us each take turns owning an episode upload. So just like each each episode you listen to, someone is outlined. Someone has also been in charge of the full, um, I guess, like distribution stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And how this works is Michelle will send through a cut of our episode. All three of us review it and give our individual notes. But whoever is in charge of uploading that week will have a particularly keen ear to make sure that everything is uh, zipped up and good. And if there is an interview person, they are in charge of making sure the interview interviewee guest the guest (laughs) is good with it and signs off. Um, And they also ensure that all of the ads that are scheduled for that episode are included in the content. Uh, And then you guys might have noticed that we've started recording shout outs or we've been doing that for some time. This person is also in charge of reading out all of your shout outs. So if you have more to give, you guys should hit us up and we'll do some shout outs. Where where are our shout outs? In our link in bio and our link tree. So please. Of our Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Which we'll share our strategy later. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so now we have, you can see how that's already multi-layers in just the uploading process, right? Mm -hmm. This person will then also draft the title and description. And then at the last stage, upload the audio files. And since we've moved to more and more sophisticated platforms, how we place ads and the process of uploading them has also gotten more complex. So what used to just be a single audio file upload and, you know, a few like text messages back and forth on what should we call this? Okay, cool. And, you know, put up like a a photo. Now a single episode involves uploading and properly placing up to six different audio files, making different selections, um, doing some uh, testing and reviewing. Um, And yeah, I guess that's, that's the podcast. That's the podcast process overall. And can I just do a quick shout out for Janet? Like honestly, like she mentioned, this 
uploading process isn't very simple. It's a lot of details, and she creates this really great process sheet that Helen and I follow. And whenever it's my turn to upload, I literally message Janet going, uh, quick question, can you confirm <laughs> this? Because I'm always confused. So I think uh, give mad props to Janet to really owning this department and making it really simple for me to understand. For sure. I agree with that. And I will also say that it does sound like there's a lot of work behind recording, uploading, outlining and all that goes behind a podcast. And it, it is. I think a lot of people think that with podcasting, it is very simple. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you grab a mic, you record something, you put it out online. But there's a lot of mini steps in between to get it out and get it consistently done correctly, which Janet has helped us out with. So thank you, Janet. And also thank you, Michelle, who is our audio editor. Oh, and quick shout out to Ashley, who does all our thumbnails as well. So one of the great things about some of the platforms that we're using for hosting is that they provide analytics for us. And we kind of, because podcasting was fairly brand new, I have, I have no idea kind of like, and none of us did, you Mm -hmm. know, what are the metrics that people look at and Uh, and that kind of thing. We just knew we should be tracking downloads. So I started just like grabbing numbers. And at first, before there were unified platforms, I was like, kind of like manually putting them into Excel, like from different different uh, platforms and trying to figure out like, what are the things that people are interested? Is it number of downloads in 24 hours? Is it number of downloads in a week? Eventually the industry has evolved to a place now where we have very refined platforms that provide a lot of analytics. And I will um, go through and track kind of the core download uh, markers and people pay attention to mostly it's like the 30 to 45 days out a single episode how many downloads does it get mm-hmm. but just for our per- personal internal purposes I also look at within 24 hours how many downloads something gets over the first week how many downloads it gets um, and then it's it's something that we will review on a more or less like monthly basis so we can understand content wise also what is it that you guys are liking more or you're responding more to it's something very intentional that we reference when we uh do our content calendar for our season Mm. um and then these uh analytics are also something that translate into media kits which we uh which i then update on a monthly basis to service for our uh partnership team or anyone who's trying to pitch us for anything Mm. so this is where it gets kind of weird because we have departments people they they cross and people do different things so And also different podcasts approach their podcast differently than us. Yes. So this is not like the 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 way to upload mm-hmm. and record and outline your episode. It could be very different from our process, but this is just how we do it. Mm-hmm. And our next department, I'm gonna hand the mic or the mics on the table over over to Helen. <laughs> yes, leave the mics on the table. <laughs> Okay, hello from the finance department. <laughs> hello. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Um, I love my little finance department. It's just me, myself, and I and, uh, our, and stuff. Sometimes stuff. <laughs> for this department, this for me was a very natural integration since I worked in finance before starting ABG with these ladies full-time. And as some of you may have heard from the Learning Something New episode, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how I wholeheartedly believe that in this very capitalistic society that we live in, all small businesses and just businesses in general need to have like some basic level of understanding how to grow and monetize your business. Obviously, unless you are a nonprofit, right? but we are not. So it is important for us to understand the business side of things and not just focus on the creative, which is definitely the fun part. Well, I find fun in the finance part too. (laughs) But so for us, tracking our finances is something that I do almost daily or every other day. And reporting on our finances is something that I do monthly. So what does that entail? 
For one, we are cashless with our transactions. So about a year into our business, we started to get more volume on both the sales side and the expense side. So we stopped tracking everything on a shared Google Drive. We basically live on Google Yeah, the Google suite. Shout out to Google, not sponsored, but open to it. Yes. And we started pulling all of our bank accounts and credit cards related to ABG into an online database called QuickBooks, which I would highly recommend for any small businesses out there. We also linked our CPA to QuickBooks so that he can review our transactions for our year and tax filings. That's one. Two, I also make sure that invoicing, which shout out to Steph, she has helped us out with now. We make sure that invoicing is done on time. So a lot of times companies forget to invoice or don't push people to pay them in time. But this to me is very important because we report things on a monthly basis and we would prefer to know, you know, how much money we're making for this month based on the activations that we've recently done. So for example, if we really pushed hard and put a lot of effort into a partnership with say Bumble, which was one of our earlier partnerships, and we don't get that money until like six months from now, The numbers are not going to reflect in this month or in the next three months. So tracking our numbers in in this way where it's called cash-based accounting, not to get too technical, but it's not accrual basis. It's just a lot easier for us. And it's usually the preferred method for small businesses where, you know, if you are linked to QuickBooks, it kind of just automatically populates when the cash is actually transacted. And we also keep a shared Excel file that Mm -hmm. we call invoices. And that captures an invoice that was sent out and what is outstanding. So we always know, you know, how much we're expecting to receive over the next few months or so. Number three. So for our reporting every month, we have a document that Mel, Janet and myself fill out in terms of our credit card expenses. And this is, again, on a Google shared Excel file. And I will go in at the end of each month and categorize them in QuickBooks. Some examples of these categories include like office supplies, subscription services, gas, utilities, team meals, photo shoot expenses, etc. And what that helps with is that it helps us see what we're overspending on, what we might have additional room for. And when it comes to filing our taxes, our CPA doesn't need to like dig through all of our expenses, which I know happens with a lot of small companies, but it will already be categorized for them so that they can figure out what is tax deductible or not. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the more expenses are, that are tax deductible, the lower your net profit will be to be taxed. So less taxes. And lastly, in our reporting, I will send out a summary to Mel and Janet, and I give them the positives and the negatives, or things we can work better on, which is really a good way to strategize what to do next for ABG. And I'll focus on each category of revenue, like in-episode ads, speaking events, video content, our cameo, shout out, we do cameo, Mm -hmm. our merch, our partnerships, our affiliate programs, our newsletters, etc. And I'll say what is working, what we can push more on, and overall just how we're tracking towards our year-end revenue goal. And I think... I can speak for all of us when I say it is definitely a motivational factor Mm -hmm. and one of the many tangible markers of success. So yeah, take care of your finances. I feel like that was all very uh, detailed numbers (laughs) and stuff. Which we prefer our finance department to be. (laughs) I know. Department of one. That's true. (laughs) But I feel like it is very necessary for us to have a good picture of just like where we are, where we stand and what's working and what's not. Yeah, and I will definitely say I think having a detailed um, skill set and mind mm-hmm. is very important for this. Um, and not just detailed to track all the little things, but then also I feel like it helps you make the big picture strategic decisions, mm-hmm. right? 100%. So. Mm-hmm. I totally appreciate Helen's monthly reports, quarterly reports, year-end reports. Like, yeah. I feel like something I didn't really get at my other jobs because I was just only in like creative that mm. seeing like the forecast or seeing how we could plan out like our revenue goals has driven... A lot of our decisions, I would say. Yeah. 
And sometimes when I see Helen reporting all the, like, her Excel model, I was like, wow. And she's showing, like, oh, this is a breakdown. I'm just, <laughs> every time she shows, I'm just like, dang, I can never do this. Well, something that I could never do, social media. Nah, you're being fine there. Let's swing over to the social media department. Social. Um, man, where do I even begin, right? Okay, so social department is currently me and Ashley, who is our social media coordinator. We spearhead everything you see on social media. Um, that includes Instagram, Facebook, not really Twitter, to be honest. It's mostly Instagram. So just for social, we kind of post almost every single day, if you see. And we meet, Ashley and I meet every Tuesday night to go over any upcoming partnerships we may have. That partnerships as in like, is there a, like a partnership with Bessie that we just have? Is there an Instagram post you got to post? We brainstorm future posts and we go over the analytics of the previous weeks. So analytics is a big thing. And similar to Helen, if you listen to uh, teaching you something new, I go over why analytics is so important for social media. And for me, what I do um, every Monday morning, what I do is I go into Iconosquare, which is a really helpful kind of like a, I guess, analytics software that's, mm-hmm. that can be free depending on the, the subscription you buy and goes over everything from your impressions, your reach, your content, your stories, and just kind of shows you like, how well you're doing in terms of social. And I pull the analytics from the previous week and I always report that and I go over it with Ashley every Tuesday night for our meetings. That way, we're not going to blindly into social media or posting. So the analytics help us determine why certain posts did well, why it didn't, and helps us brainstorm for the future posts in the upcoming weeks or months. And another thing that's worked really well for the social media department is that um, Ashley on Fridays will send over the next week's social media post for approval for Jan, Helen, and myself to go over. And we go in and kind of give over, kind of write in our notes, whether it's like a small copy change or like a small edit to the design. And that way she isn't scrambling the week up to find something to post. Mm-hmm. We love, I think we say on the podcast, preparation is very key for us to run smoothly. And so being on top of our schedule, being ahead of schedule has been really helpful. So again, she sends over the content for the next week in this beautiful deck and we just go in and sometimes there's mostly actually most of the time there's really no notes because Ashley's incredible she does so just being prepared um for social I think it's just like brainstorming analytics and there is a level of kind of being uh, on the fly and being in the moment because you know a lot of things like pop culture and current events are we can't determine until the, it happens so mm-hmm. there's a level of flexibility that we do have for social and I do also want to mention that if any time that Helen, Jan, or anyone else has like social media idea, they'll just like Slack it to us, which we'll go over Slack shortly. But sometimes the girls have really good ideas. We just want to note it for the calendar and we just uh, make sure that we remember that for a future post. Lastly, um, like Helen's, she goes over monthly reporting. Monthly reporting is a common thing you'll hear us do. And for social media, we also do that as well. So not only do we do weekly reportings every month, I send them a monthly report of the previous month for social, and we kind of go over the top 10 posts, top most commented, bottom commented, bottom to- bottom likes. And then what I also do is I try to share at the end of the de- end of the, the presentation, share what are some trends we can note moving forward as we move on to the next month. So I'm big on monthly reporting as well. Yeah, and for anyone out there who is listening to this and doesn't really understand or know why so much effort is put into social media, It is because this is our full like marketing strategy as Mm. well. We don't do any paid posts. We don't, you know, 
do any of that where it's like a paid ad to promote our podcast. Basically, everything is on our social media as our front-facing visual as a representation of our podcast. So for anyone out there who's like, wow, that's so much work, which it sounds like, right? If you're not in the social media world, it's actually a lot of companies do do this where they'll plan the content ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Because even when, Mel, you worked at your old company, like everyone does that, right? Everything is planned ahead and... Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. You have to, I think because it's a big part of our branding. When we first started for ABG, the first things we'd focus on was actually podcasting and then social media. Mm-hmm. So it's been like kind of like ever since then, we just kind of maintained it. Yeah. 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 And I, I will say, I mean, from like a, I guess, revenue generation perspective as well, we have like a lot of our partnerships. Um, our goal is to go cross-platform, right? So um, our main platforms being the podcast, but then also Instagram um, and then YouTube or any other thing. So social is a combination of, I guess, like the core of our business as well as our PR marketing arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say it does require planning, but then also being able to re- react pretty quickly mm-hmm. to brand new things that are happening. And this is where when I see Mel, who is like, Sometimes you talk like 5,000 oh, words in I talk really quickly and I know I'm, I'm trying to slow I'm like, down. We're like in a meeting and she's like, the Miguel's happening. You have to post about this a lot. I was like, shit, what is happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, I think uh, it's, I think there it requires a personality that is constantly like loves being in the know of what is happening, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, Mel, to see how you can balance doing that, but then also like being sane. I don't know. I feel like it's such a hard skill. Boundaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of social media and how, honestly, it's kind of like a different arm of revenue for us as well, as much as it's branding and marketing and for us to be engaged with the audience, partnerships kind of goes hand in hand with social media. And I'd love for Janet to go over partnerships with us. Yeah. So the I guess our quote unquote uh, department of partnerships Um, was basically any brand or group or anyone who wanted to work with us in some way, right? So uh, I think, I don't remember, we we created basically an email address. I think it was like asianbossgirl at Mm gmail.com for it was like our first episode. And then we started realizing, oh, people are emailing us for different reasons. We have listeners and then we have people that want to work with us. Then we created a couple of new email addresses, including partner at asianbossgirl.com. And then we started getting a lot of emails that were around wanting to partner and work with us. And at the beginning, it was kind of Helen was like trying to manage the mm-hmm. voluminous inbox that we were getting, you know, with all the different emails coming in. Um, and Helen and I were kind of tag teaming, you know, figuring out how to manage the messages, how to respond, how to negotiate or figure out how we could work together. And then it started getting to the point where uh, it felt like a completely different, like this is something we could really grow if we had someone focusing on it mm-hmm. more attentively while we were focusing on creating content. So we hired Steph, who is our partnerships coordinator, among many other things. She helps us with a lot of other project tasks as well. But Steph basically mans our email box. So if you send an email to hello at asianbosco.com, it's mostly going to be res- probably replied by Steph, or she's going to be the traffic controller to direct mm-hmm. that email to who it needs to go to. So Steph helps us respond to all of the incoming messages. Um, and when it comes to partnerships, she then takes all the information, creates a creative brief that lists out all the requirements and all the details. And then uh, that kind of project is then assigned out to uh, one of... Helen, myself, or Mel to create a deliverable. And anything that's social media, once again, goes into Mel. So you can kind of see we have rough departments, but they all kind of cross and Mm -hmm. we all kind of touch on all of them. Mm 
Hi, BGs and ABBs. Are you essential oil curious? A couple of years ago, I started using essential oils. I would diffuse it in my apartment on nights when I had a hard time sleeping or rub a few drops between my wrists and inhale when I need a moment of calm. Typically, I use eucalyptus, mint, or lavender-based scents, but there's a new scent in town, and it's ginger from Ginger Essential Oil. That's ginger with two J's. There's a certain calming warmth and heat that I get from this essential oil unlike other scents. You can use it to massage into your skin for alleviating muscle tension. The kind you get from sitting at a desk all day. Diffuse it in the air during yoga or Pilates or rub between your hands and inhale for immediate moment of zen because I think we can all benefit from more of those. Ginger is also committed to protecting the environment. They source natural ingredients sustainably from Southeast Asia, connect with local families that have been farming ginger for generations. Ginger is also GMO-free, eco-friendly, and vegan cruelty-free, which are all qualities that I value. If you'd like to give ginger oil a try, we have a deal for ABG listeners for 20% off your first purchase. Go to J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash A-B-G. Don't wait. That's ginger with two J's dot U-S slash A-B-G. Now that we are in Q4 of 2021, the year is almost over. And you know what that means. So many of us are inevitably going to start thinking about New Year's resolutions. I know, too soon, too soon. But you don't need to wait until the new year to start achieving your fitness goals. Peloton makes working out simple, convenient, and fun. And what sets Peloton apart from gym or studio workouts and other home workouts are not only their live classes, but the community that's on Peloton. When you get that live high five from random people who are rude and supporting for you, it feels like this huge network of support is in your home without being in your home. Whatever your mood or overall fitness goal, you can mix and match classes for a total body workout experience. And at any time of day, you can take a class as soon as you find it or schedule ahead. Choose from cardio, strength, yoga, Pilates, outdoor runs, meditation, and more. Experience motivation like never before with a Peloton bike, now $400 less. Go to OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. One of the other platforms that we have gotten into just in the last, like, has it been a year now already? Yeah, almost. About two and a half, year two years, yeah. is YouTube and video content. Yes. So YouTube and video content. So we started this actually back in April 2020. Mm. Over a year ago now. Over a year ago. Um, Mel, Janet, and I, we were learning to edit our videos on Adobe Premiere Po. <laughs> <laughs> po. Pro. And... <laughs> Annie. 
Uh, my brother-in-law's last name is Poe. Anyway, <laughs> and we po? <laughs> yes, and we edited maybe like twenty videos by ourselves. Which now Damn. when we look at it, well, between the three of us. Oh my yeah, gosh, so, she totally forgot about. Say like that. six or seven videos per person, and so if you go back and watch the first twenty videos, um, <laughs> give us some grace for <laughs> the editing because we were just learning. And the reason why we wanted to get into YouTube is because we wanted to add a bit of our personality to our branding, since our main medium and platform as podcasters is for all of you to hear our voices, right? So it's kind of like an extension of our social media. Mm -hmm. But going on video meant it was a way to showcase more activity, to lean into more of our culture and lifestyle, and any tips and things that we wanted to share from a more visual perspective. Um, and it was a way for us to also connect to you all on just a different platform. Since the days of editing video by ourselves, we, we realized that it wasn't our strongest point or the best use of each of our time. Mm -hmm. So we brought on Rachel onto our podcast, who is now our superstar video editor for all of ABG's video content. And she is so amazing. Mm -hmm. We appreciated her so much for her timeliness, her meticulousness, the ease of working with her on top of many other reasons why she's so amazing. But I will say that YouTube is also a very saturated market. Yep. Yeah. So we did hit 30K subscribers, which woohoo just happened recently. But we often, you know, weigh the benefit and the cost of our time mm -hmm. when it comes to ideating and outlining and filming and editing. It does actually take a lot of time. So as of now, given that we have a fairly small team and we do want to push forward other areas of our business, we, you know, have decided to do two videos a month instead of one video a week, which we have done since. I guess the beginning of time, <laughs> but still putting out quality content for all of you to watch. So definitely check us out on YouTube and let us know what you want to see more of and hit that subscribe button, which I realize even for myself, I'm terrible at doing for the people who I follow, Yeah. but it does give us the confidence to continue moving mm -hmm. forward with video if it is something that is beneficial for all of you out there. So commenting, subscribing actually does help a lot. It does. All right. Now, how about newsletter yes newsletter so speaking of all of the different platforms that we are on was newsletter one of our first forays besides merch yeah i think it started because we were like so initially we started our podcast before hosting platforms on Squarespace. <laughs> i feel like you just used a word that you don't normally use wait what word did she use i said for foray foray you know why i learned, that, I learned that word from janet oh is that the right way to use it? I don't I have no idea. I sometimes use words and I think they sound right, but... I don't know if there's an S, though. No, 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 there is not an S. It's a noun, foray. so it's not like a verb. Foray. Foray is like a like your first kind of try at something, right? Yeah. Or like first it's a noun. Something. It's yeah. a noun. I think you used it as a verb. <laughs> first forays into Make something. Race. The place in which we were put into foray, see? Make or go on a four-way. <laughs> anyway. But yes, I think Mel, you're Damn, right. I was really trying that. <laughs> I heard it in your voice. I remember the newsletter was something that came through. I think a conversation where Helen was like, oh, I feel like we should have a way for people. Or maybe it was just on Squarespace. There was a way. We created a website and then there was an option that was like create a mailing list. So we're like, mm. I guess we should do this. And then I think we first just started emailing people when we did merch launches or new episodes? I don't even really remember. Okay. I think it's because back then we were actually very active reading news, like reading other people's newsletters. And we're like, mm. why don't we start one for ourselves? Because I think we were we were working full-time then? We were. When did we do, how? 
when did we do this? I don't remember even how it started. But I remember, okay, you know what? Sorry, uh, listeners, I was like audience. Um, it's because we did resonate with, with new, uh, newsletters back then. So we're like, we should start one oh, for ourselves. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, then as, as, um, as people who are like li- living on, in our email inboxes, yep. right? Um, oftentimes we are referencing to all of the different types of like email formatted or e-newsletters that we would get mm-hmm. and we thought you know for for the modern day Asian American woman it would be cool to be able to update people and of yep. course it started with just kind of like here's a new episode we have right mm-hmm. and then slowly we thought what if we could curate content and like start pulling like I don't know like uh, different articles and events that would interest people back in 2019 uh, we had a conversation with our good friend Hemi and we still remember I think this was we grabbed we grabbed noodles in K-Town yes and we sat down with her we had basically reached out to her and been like hey we're thinking about starting a newsletter and we've noticed that you write really beautiful Instagram captions <laughs> and uh, you're just like a very beautiful and inspiring writer we know you in just conversations and hangouts with you that you um, as an Asian American American, you know, working professional woman, you really vibe with us. We'd love to just grab dinner and maybe work with you on our newsletter. She came with a full on PowerPoint presentation deck, printed out four copies, stapled and a wireframe of what the mm-hmm. e-newsletter would look like. Um, and so that's kind of where it started. And now we've gone through a lot of different iterations with her, um, you know, from focusing on when we just had the things that we would talk about in our newsletter were like, hey, here is our uh, our newest episode to now thinking about, okay, if we were trying to create content for you listeners as modern day Asian American woman, what are some things happening in pop culture that you might be interested in? Maybe some recipes you might enjoy. Um, I don't know, maybe a video, uh, maybe a, a book that we're reading that we think that you might enjoy. And so now we've evolved to the point where Hemi curates and writes two issues every month. And so how we kind of manage this now is basically I will send her an update of all of of the video and episode content that we have coming up, any merch or other things that are happening within ABG, just so she has context um, within the month. And then she'll draft together an issue. And then we'll just kind of through email review. And I just kind of act as a sounding board there for her. Um, and then we send it out. Uh, as a as I said, there's like all these other people that are involved with things. Once again, shout out to Steph for always up- updating our email subscribers because we do uh, want to make sure that if you are subscribing to us from Shopify or from our website that you're getting those distributions. So there's a lot of things that happen in the background to make sure that everything connects. And I also want to shout out Ashley, who designs the newsletter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shout out to Ashley for all of her beautiful designs. Yeah, our team is everywhere. Uh, speaking of team being everywhere, let's talk about merch. I feel like merch was a starting point of us becoming a quote-unquote business. Because we had to establish ourselves as, as an LLC to get our seller's permit. Do you guys remember that? No. Yeah. I think we, well, because we wanted to make shirts and then to sell them. And we're like, oh, in order to, to sell, to sell on, on, I think it was Squarespace at the time. They're like, what's your seller's permit? And we're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck's a seller's permit? Yeah. Because <laughs> our vendor was like, oh, do you have a seller's permit too? And I'm like, yeah. oh, all these things. So mm-hmm. that honestly is how we became a business. And I actually remember... I don't know shit about seller's permit or California seller's sales tax, any of that stuff. And I remember at the time, we're figuring all that stuff out and I was still working my corporate job and you two were busy and you're like, okay, Mel, can you handle it? I was like, yeah. So I had to call the government, the California, (laughs) (laughs) you call the governor. I had to like call like the California Department of Sales or something. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'm the, (laughs) this is why, this is hard. And I got got our, our seller's permit and sales tax, everything set up. And then for like a year after that, I was in charge of sales tax, which I'm just like, why? Because I didn't know half the things we were doing. Anyways, long story short, this is how we became a business. 
For our first merch item, it was the mantra tee, which is the white tee designed by a really good friend, Jeanette Liao, who also did our first branding and designs for ABG. And in the beginning, we used to fulfill each merch item ourselves, and we did it together for the first two t-shirts. I remember we'd come to Janet's, someone had to be in charge of printing out the labels, and to be honest, that was me sneaking away from my office and printing out like 50 papers. Yeah, shout that- out to working in an office at a corporate job. Each of us would rotate printing out um, all of those shipping labels. Yeah. And then we would come and meet at Janet's after our work and just fulfill orders. Um, but we learned quickly that also wasn't a really good use of our time. So we had moved over to a new process and we have now our vendor fulfills our items. For the last few launches, we had multiple items. What we do is that we have each girl take care of an item and work with our vendor to make sure that it's created and it's made and it's approved. Um, so we could focus on other parts of our business. Lately, from our last current merch launch, which honestly has launched today, the Reminders Collection, by the way, so if you want to check out that collection, AsianBossGirl.MyShopify.com, we had our talented team, Steph and Ashley, lead this collection, and it's been amazing. So Steph and Ashley has project managed, designed, worked with our vendors to make sure everything was good to go, and um, all three of us kind of worked together on making sure the website's ready. So Janet spends hours making sure our Shopify is looking gorgeous and everything works and the buttons are working. Helen does like freaking like uh, competitive analysis on like prices to make sure that we're charging people the right amount and the fair amount. And I'm um, editing all the photos that we take and making sure all the photos look good because, you know, we also want to make sure that we launch quality looking things. And so merch feels like a big team effort, I think, for all of us. Mm -hmm. It truly has been. And I think that that is, it is one of those projects that is a very full cycle from concept all the way to release. Um, not only the physical objects, objects, but figuring out how to like the selling points and how much you charge and things like tax and shipping and handling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also had, you know, we work with a with someone who then sources the stuff for us and then also does the shipping and handling and the packaging. Um, it is a, I mean, there are full on businesses that do mm-hmm. clothing, right? And yeah. and so for us, we've had to figure out what is the right line and amount of effort so that is our merch is the goal of it, you know, to draw in revenue. Is it to act as a form of marketing for us? Is it to, I don't know, there's all these different functions, right? But at the end of the day, there's a part of merch that can be something that people buy to be able to feel that they are a part of this community. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to merch, we started our collections more focused on just kind of exploring our brand and what Asian Boss Girl is and what Asian Boss Girl means. And you can see in kind of our more recent collections, now we're exploring kind of like themes um, that are themes and ideas and different products that are kind of powered by the brand of Asian Boss Girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the last department we want to talk about, it's something that I think all three of us find really rewarding and satisfying, but also very challenging because it does take us out of our comfort zone, and that is speaking events. So Helen, why don't you share a little bit about that? Sure. So our first speaking event was back in April of 2019? I'm just looking at my notes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Whoa, that's a long time ago. It was at Purdue University. Shout out to Manabu. And we've spoken at maybe like over 30 colleges and companies since then. Yeah. Wait, what? I think so. Yeah, yeah right? And if you look at our, our media kit, that list is growing. Yeah. yeah. But these initially and mostly came to came to us versus us going out to, you know, try and get people to bring us to their schools or companies. And to me, this speaks to the power of branding and having a unique voice. So if you are trying to build your own company or business, this is something to think about. You know, what is it that you are trying to address? What is your niche? Who is your audience? Mm-hmm. And how do you differentiate yourself from someone else that is operating in the same space as you? All of this is very important to know as we've realized because that's how we've been able to have people come to us asking us to share our story. So know your story 
and also really believe in it. Mm-hmm. Because when you do, other people will recognize it. Um, and they'll see you as sort of this like specialist in this category. And I will say that that is how our speaking events have grown over time. We have a wonderful team member, Eric. He used to do talent management for a bunch of YouTubers and, and our friends. Um, and since day one of ABG, he volunteered to help us, you know, negotiate mm-hmm. and figure out logistics for each of our speaking events. And they do get kind of complicated with different forms that we still don't really understand. But... You know, certain states have certain forms that you have to fill out for tax purposes and things like that. So he's been an incredible asset to our team since day one. That covers our speaking events and also all the different departments that we wanted to share. Now we're going to cover a bit about how we stay in contact and how we communicate. Um, so right now we are on Slack, but when we started out, we it was just the three of us, mm-hmm. Helen, Mel, and myself. And I think uh, Phil and Eric were also in some of our text chats because they were helping us. Uh, they were there that night when we decided that we yeah. were going to try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started out because we were all working jobs. Uh, most of our weekly conversations that would happen around episodes uh, were on Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ladies remember those days of trying to communicate on Facebook Messenger when we were still at work? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember um, there's a lot of times when we're on Facebook, I would kind of like, I would work upstairs, I would run down to a different room to check my messages to see if anything were coming across. And then at my other job, I feel like I couldn't be on Facebook because, you know, I got to be like a really good nine to five working person and not and ignore everything that's external. I would run to the restroom and check our messages to see if anything mm. happened. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would check messages during my bathroom break. But I will say though, in the last, the year before we got into ABG full time, we got into a place where, because I'm not checking as frequently as I am on Slack nowadays, that a lot of like um, interaction would be happening, like launching merch or whatever, and you guys would be going off one time, and I'd be like, oh my god, what are we talking about? We're talking about three different topics in one yeah. chat, and then mm-hmm. it got kind of lost. I think that's why Slack has been super helpful for us. I forget how we even introduced Slack. I just remember, yes, it was a lot of different conversations mm-hmm. going on, and it made sense at the beginning yeah. of when we first started, because it'd be like, oh, okay, now we're doing merch. Okay, let's figure out how to do the taxes and the sales tax, and it's very linear but then when it got bigger and there's mm-hmm. more volume for different departments that's when it kind of got mixed up we'll be talking about merch on one end mm-hmm. and speaking in events on another and then fulfillment on a different you know all three bullet points and it's like okay let me answer one two three <laughs> one two three and then after a while that's just you know I, I feel like a lot of people nowadays use slack so you probably know how it works but there's you can categorize your conversations and you know keep things a bit more organized so yeah. Thank goodness that we have Slack now. And in, inserted in some of those messages would be, you know, Mel talking about her date or me complaining about something on Hinge. So it became um, a lot of like personal talk as mm-hmm. well as all yeah. of our different departments yeah. things. And we're like, okay, this is where the kind of like, uh, you know, there's there's a need for more organized communication. I actually remember Helen, you are the one that started Slack. You found I it. I think you were like one afternoon, you're like, okay, I got to do something. And then you're like, I'm just going to start a Slack. And then we started the channels. You're like, why were we not doing this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even, because we didn't use Slack at work. So I have no idea where, like, I even got that that idea from. Do you remember? I remember because I got it from Jubilee. Because oh. Jubilee uses Slack. And I loved how they organized each, like, interaction. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's when I was like, dude, this is really good. And I think one day, I think Helen, I told Helen, she was like, I'm going to just start it. 
Yeah. Any yeah. technician to start it. Yeah. And it's definitely been as, um, as the ladies have said, basically it's like, I feel like it's like a lifeline of how we communicate now. It is our daily messages. It keeps things like, mm-hmm. um, what are you scrolling through Mel? She's on her Sorry, as, as we're talking right now, as we're talking about Facebook Messenger, I wanted to look at our old messages, but ignore me. I actually, I did try earlier today to look through that. And we had a couple of different chats going. And I think I saw the last message that we have. I saw a picture of you with a boy. <laughs> hey, who? Let's go through that real quick. This is like, honestly, for us, just, I know we're being, you know, we're going over our, like, our departments, but it's, it's like walking down memory lane for us at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to add for Slack is that, um... It's been really super helpful in terms of organization of communication, but we also have a Slack channel called Mel, Helen, Janet, where we do talk about like, oh, what time are we going to the meeting and things like that. But it kind of serves as our like personal update sometimes of life. Yeah. Yeah. And that is actually because people do ask us, how do you balance like friendship and then also working together? And we did have some discussions and like, but also let it happen a bit organically where we figured out how we can do work talk in certain things and then create a channel just for like personal talk. Right. So that way, if you want to share something, it doesn't have to like take over the conversation or remove from another thing that needs to be answered that's work related. So next thing we're going to talk about is meetings. You're probably curious, like, do we meet in person? Like, what is the cadence of how we meet? And to be honest, as of now, we've been, we have two group meetings a week, um, one to go over agenda items such as like, how do we want to work with this partnership? How do we uh, want to tackle this recording, going over outlines? And the second meeting we do is to record. Most of these meetings, these two meetings are done in person. You might add an additional virtual meeting if you want a TV about something, but that's pretty much our general cadence. And what we also do is all three of us have a touch base per week with Rachel, Ashley, and Steph to go over anything in regards to that department. So we kind of have... I want to say we all three of us have like maybe three meetings a week. Yeah, three official meetings. But um, if you if it feels necessary, you can. Well, I guess yeah. Usually we just do everything two meetings with all three of us, and then each of us maybe have one additional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so we are also very we use we, the reason why we share Slack is that we really use Slack to kind of go over anything that doesn't need to be done during a meeting. Yeah, and email as well. But I'm finding more and more that like email is becoming less of a thing that we're in for communicating with each other within yeah. our team. Mm-hmm. I Mm-hmm. All right. So the next big category for how we run our business is we can't do this without the people on our team. And I think something I learned recently and a question I we get asked is like, when do we know it's time to bring on people to support ABG? Yeah. So I think with any company, some something that is so vital to the growth of the business is having good people. Mm-hmm. So people who believe in your mission and want to own part of that identity too. And we are very, very lucky to have some of the best people working on our team. We started bringing people back in. I mean, Philip was helping to teach us yes. how to edit our podcast. So he actually edited a good amount. Like two seasons, beginning. actually. Maybe yeah. two seasons. So much. Yes, he never lets me forget that. But he was also simultaneously trying to teach us because he's like, I'm not going to be doing this for the rest of your <laughs> growth in your podcast. So by the end of the two seasons, we started editing by ourselves. Um, and Eric was also on our team as more of like an, an advisor role. Mm-hmm. And then in November 2019 is when we brought on Michelle to help with the audio editing because we realized that, you know, it also wasn't our strong suit. We were spending way too much time mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, how to how to be efficient at it. Yeah. And I think at this point we decided that we were okay with investing money to pay for that as yes. a cost, right? Yes. So Michelle was sort of our official reach out to someone to mm-hmm. say, hey, can you help us out with something? 
Um, and then we talked about this earlier, but Hemi joined us in late 2019 when we just decided that we wanted to start a newsletter. And we knew we needed someone to sort of manage all aspects of that activation because that's something that we were interested in, but we weren't sure if we could allocate most of our time to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph, we brought on actually in May of 2020 to initially help design the newsletter. So even though Steph, as we mentioned earlier, is now part of our partnerships team, she is also an amazing designer. She has a page called Subtle Sugar underscore studio if you want to see some of her designs. But originally we asked her to help with the design so that Hemi could focus more on the content. Mm. So I guess the pattern here is that we wanted to grow our business and we realized that between the three of us, we either couldn't take it on or it didn't have the capacity to, or we weighed the benefit of where we were focusing our time and where we you know, could have spent more of our time. And we decided to bring on people whenever we needed an extra hand. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this happened very naturally. We didn't start off saying like, okay, we need this, 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 and this people, and we need a heavy in- investment in our company so that we could start paying these people. It was very natural in that you know we started off with merch, fulfilled our merch, started making some money that way, and then use that money to pay our team members. Something else that we do with our people, and this is also related to the Slack platform that we just talked about, is that we send general updates to our team. So we have 10 people in total on our team, and we have a hashtag general (laughs) Slack channel that everyone is a part of. And we will give everyone an update on what ABG is doing for this coming week on the Monday, the beginning of the week. So we'll share, you know, the episode that is coming out, any video content, what's happening from the partnership side, from our book side, our children's book, anything else going on in our personal lives. And we send it out as a like a little hello and hoping everyone has a good start to the week on a Monday. But the point of it is that everyone is working in such different departments that mm-hmm. they might not know what else is happening with ABG. And we realize that they might not feel as connected to what is going on Mm -hmm. with everyone else. So that was our way to try and connect our team. Um, And it's nice because we always send like little memes and random funny things. And it's just a nice start to the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a nice way, I think, for all of us to, for it to come from each of us to each of the people on the team. Because sometimes like I don't work with Ashley directly so often, right? So it's like, yeah, it's a nice way to keep us all together. So we've gotten into a lot of pretty detailed things about how we run on some of our day-to-day and even our week-to-week, but pulling back and looking on a monthly basis, as you've heard from various uh, departments, we do send out reports every month. So every month we go through um, a finance update or finance report. We do a social media report. We go through a video uh, YouTube report. Um, We'll look through the podcast content and and downloads and think about our content calendar. Uh, And then we also update our media kit with all of our demographic and brand partnerships and stuff like that. Um, And then people also, you know, might be thinking when you're running a brand new business, it can be so easy to just be overwhelmed with all of the things to do because our individual to-do lists flow very long and then our team to-do list flows very long. Um, But it's important that you don't get lost in the weeds. And so what we do is we go on retreats every couple of months to kind of pull our head back from all of the day-to-day and kind of take a look at the big picture. And depending on where we are in our business, these retreats will look a little bit different from one to the other. Um, Basically, it's time for us to disconnect from everyone 
and everything and just to do a little bit of a getaway with each other. Um, it's an opportunity for us to remind ourselves of our core mission and our values. And, and because we strive to you know, remain rooted and true to kind of what the concept of, of where we started, but we want to be maintained flexible and adaptable to how things are changing. So um, this is a time that we used to kind of like reconnect with our mission and our values, um, that we even talk about kind of reach big picture blue sky dream goals. Once Helen was like, it'd be awesome if we could write a book. And then I think two months later, uh, and a publisher from the UK reached out to mm-hmm. us, you know, so I think you said it's like the, the power of manifestation. For sure, <laughs> yes. So make time to kind of really address what are those big picture goals, even if they feel kind of like fantastical. Um, but during these retreats, depending on the time, we also will get very concrete and we will set annual goals. And then from the annual goals, we'll go into quarterly goals. It's a fine balance between thinking big picture and thinking long term, but then Mm -hmm. also looking at what is, where are we right now? And where is the next step that we should be taking? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this, this is the time where we saw, we set like financial goals, but we also set, I guess some people would call these like KPIs, but how would you measure success within each of the departments? And in these retreats, we also will maybe schedule and plan any big projects that we have. So before when we were handling merch all by ourselves, it was around that. And then when it became to pitching ideas for books, sometimes it was around concepting around, you know, plot lines and things like that. Um, And then, of course, we started and are always a podcast. So we also record mass amounts of episodes uh, or we try We usually average like three three in a three day retreat on top of all day meetings and always one if not all three of us will cry in those episodes (laughs) i don't know why you know what i think it's because it is our retreats are the moment where we really disconnect from everyone Mm -hmm. and we pull we sit together and we're in a room Mm -hmm. and it just i feel like there's something about that that is just more um you're immersed in in the conversation with each other versus kind of sometimes when it's like in the middle of the day and it's on your calendar but we had another meeting and another thing that's true and also uh really another critical part of our retreats is we always need some like evening wind down routine around a uh, show to kind of <laughs> I think we've watched Naked and Afraid oh, oh yeah. yeah we've yeah, also watched uh, what is it Bachelor in Paradise, Paradise. you know because you need you need some like I don't know our retreats are like a oh, good mix of everything right I think because we get a lot of stuff done and I think we're so focused on being the retreat that I look up and it's like oh shit it's 10 o'clock like we just get yeah. really go we go in on retreats yeah. and then we need those like mindless shows to like un- to forget or unwind yeah. while well, we order you know like italian food and have pizza and watch yeah. bachelor in paradise All right, so we thought a great way to wrap up this episode is to kind of share our overall thoughts of the last one and a half years of kind of going full-time for ABG. Um, I feel like it was kind of an unexpected choice for all of us, so just kind of wanted to hear how you guys feel about the last few year and a half. Yeah, oh, man, we just talked through so much. We just gave y'all the blueprint of our company. For our company. <laughs> but yes, for anyone out there who is interested in doing a podcast or starting a media company like use this, use this, use this podcast (laughs) to help you out. Um, But over our thoughts of the last two years, I remember it being very scary yet exciting when we first started going to this full time because all of us had quit these stable, more corporate type jobs that had a lot more structure Mm -hmm. than a new business that we were going into that had absolutely no structure. Obviously, everything that we talked about today is everything that we've built by falling into these opportunities and just trying to figure out how to do what it is that was presented in front of us. Mm 
So looking back on these two years and even, yeah, just going through everything that we talked about, it's pretty fascinating what we've been able to to build. And I am very proud of us, very thankful and grateful for our team, Michelle, Hemi, Steph, Ashley, Rachel, Philip, and Eric. And I feel like with everything we talked about, we do have a very solid foundation, both of people and of structure. And it's a foundation that I feel very confident in to pursue even more growth Mm -hmm. and opportunity. And I'm, I'm excited for that. You know, I think two years ago, we had no idea we'd be doing what we're doing today. And two years from now, if you think about it, we'll have another one of these podcasts and hopefully be appalled at how much we were able to accomplish in the last two years. So I would say still a little scared mm-hmm. and excited, but now with just a lot more confidence than we had on day one when we went into this full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about for you, Jay? Yeah. I mean, I think... What is, what is it they say that um, if you're not a little bit scared, you're not pushing hard enough or you're mm. not, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely, I still resonate with that. And actually my first response that I thought when I was like thinking about this, like what's my, oh, what are my overall thoughts? I was like, I feel like I'm still processing everything. Mm. I am a slow processor, but just in general, I was like, I feel like it's going to take me like five years and I'm going to look back and still remember something random or have a new like mm-hmm. insightful moment about all the stuff that's happened in the mm-hmm. last like one and a half years only one and a half years my god I know in terms of like how I feel I just feel so incredibly grateful and kind of awestruck like I still have moments where I'm like wait what are what are we doing what and you know and to have the opportunity to work to do the work that we do and I think for me personally um as, as someone who's kind of like gone through different evolutions of trying to figure out who I am with my work and my identity, which everyone does and everyone listening does. Um, I think personally to be able to spend most of my waking hours in the benefit of growing a community and a business that's in the service of people I can directly relate to with two amazing human beings whom I consider non-blood sisters. I know we don't like the word sisters, (laughs) but I can't think of a word that's, you know, different than friend or sister. Mother. Um, I'm just kidding. Mother? What? I guess that will be me. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> That's such a Janet yeah. Oh my God. That's not pretty accurate. But yeah, I mean, like, I was, I, I was like two amazing, like, human souls, beings, or I don't know, just like bag, bags of fluid. Bags of fluid floating wow. through the ether that just happened to land together in front the of a microphone. Shit. I don't know. Sometimes I'm still like, how did we get here? Yeah, I agree. Um, but then the other half of my brain will be like, uh, you know, like you got here through all of those long hours and like listen back to the last like hour of what we just talked. That's what we did. You know, yeah, we just took yeah. it one step at a time. We put in the hours. We had challenging conversations. We worked through uh, different projects. Um, but I still feel like I struggle to fully own this sometimes. Mm. And, um, you know, I think whenever I have friends now that come and say like, oh, my gosh, congratulations on the podcast. Like, what do you mean? Congratulations. Yeah. You know? Um, I always, I'm always like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we had like without our friends connecting us or like we had friends that helped us like, you know, edit or we had friends that helped us promote or, oh yeah, it was just like really random luck and timing. Um, and yes, of course, you know, all of these greater things outside of ourselves played huge roles, but we're also the ones who met those opportunities with hard work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. we made hard decisions to lean in when those opportunities came. So I think this is just me trying to tell myself and also you ladies, um, that I, yes, I'm proud of us and I want us to lean more heavily into celebrating, I guess, Mm -hmm. like what we've built. Mm -hmm. And also for our listeners, I think that I'm sure a lot of people who listen, have a hard time really believing that they own 
what they do, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm hoping that, like Helen, like you said, the next two years, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I know we're going to own it. Mm. Well, I, I'm going to try to own it. <laughs> you're going to own it. We're going to own, own it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Mel? Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin. And I feel like I'm just absorbing and processing both your responses. And I highly agree with both. I think when I think about ABG, two things come to mind right away. I think one, I just had a flashback, honestly, for me, like starting as an intern at Wang Fu, Mm -hmm. because that was for me the key moment where I'm like, I'm going to pursue my passion, the Asian American representation. I want to do this. And I loved Wang Fu as like this company. And so for me, I think about the male back then that wanted to do all that. Mm. My biggest passion or my passion in life or my mission is that if I can make any dent or a small little whatever in the Asian American representation space, I'll be so happy and so satisfied with what I do. And to fast forward now doing ABG, I can't help but feel really lucky to do the job that I do. And I think even just like working with your like best friends is like very rare to find mm. and like Sometimes I think about like, people ask us like, how I was like working with Helen and Jan? And I was like, I mean, it's, we're really, I mean, we're really, we're still good friends at the end of the day. And I feel like for me, it's just like, there's something about we unlock this different, maybe the sister level <laughs> that I feel like there's this deeper understanding that helps us work together really well, but also maintain this deep friendship mm-hmm. that I feel like I want to say it's really rare to have. And I think that's, I'm always reminded of that and reminded of where I started. And the reason when I think about Wang Fu is that I know what it's like to work for a dream company that you've looked up to and all this stuff growing up. And it still blows my mind to this day that when I talk to Ashley, when I talk to, you know, even when we talked to our interns in the application process, they're like, I would love to work for ABG or all this stuff. I I just want to pinch myself. I'm just like, this isn't real. Like, how do we create a company that people actually want to be a part of? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, that's the feeling I got. There's no way they would have had that feeling with ABG. So to kind of like also jump on uh, Janet's point, it's like, we built this. And I think there are a lot of times where I forget that we created something. Mm-hmm. And I need to remind myself. And I think it's really hard when we've been COVID, we've been all, you know, in our doors. And we record, it's always just the three of us. Yeah. So it feels like it's just us in the room. But in reality, it's actually greater than that. Mm-hmm. And I got to remind myself of that. I am so thankful for the listeners that have been with us since like the Folkboy episode and the What's in the Name. <laughs> and I think we still get DMs saying like, I've been listening since day one. And I'm just like, wow. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. it just blows my mind still. Mm-hmm. And I think we've grown a lot in the past few years. And I forget how, how much hard work and how much time all this stuff has been put into it. But I think with all the stuff that we have built in the last year and a half, I'm very excited to see what's to come for us and know that whether it's a challenge or whatever, I'm like really excited for this unknown time. Yeah. Because we don't know. Yeah. So overall, I feel, I feel pretty fortunate. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end this uh, episode on that all note. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I feel like, to be honest, um, we definitely wanted to share kind of how we run our business. I know when we actually announced we were going full time, that it's been on our back of, back of our heads to really want to share with you all how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we found the right time in the episode to do so. So we hope that you guys all resonate with this, can take something from it, whether it's our following our journey from day one or that you're also motivated to start a podcast for yourself. Hopefully this episode is beneficial for you. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. 
If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dairy ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. And we have a bunch of birthday shoutouts for today's episode. These might be coming a bit belated. Thank you to those who submitted and for being patient as we've gotten an influx of shoutout submissions. First from Thomas to Gigi in Toronto, Ontario. Happy birthday, girly. Here's to another year of love, laughter, and joy. In New York, from Morgan to Rachel, happy birthday month, sister. Now go and be a girl boss. Also in New York, from Melody to Bridget, happy birthday, love ya. And Jennifer in the Bay Area to Kayla, happy birthday, Kayla. Thanks for introducing me to this podcast in 2019. You are truly one of the Asian boss girls in my life, and I'm so proud of everything you have accomplished this year. From Pauline in Las Vegas to Luisa C. and Michelle Rabuno, happy 30th to my BFFs who also happen to be birthday twins. Sending you both lots of love in this new chapter and special XOXOs to Baby Mavi and Coco Bear. From Sam to Jen in Toronto, happy birthday, Jen. I hope you have the bestest birthday. You deserve all the best. Love you lots. From Lily to Amanda in Los Angeles, happy birthday, Amanda. You're an Asian boss girl who I love and look up to. And from Nathan to Stacy in Seattle, wishing a very happy belated birthday to the best Asian boss girl I know. And ending with some wonderful words of encouragement from Karen to Samantha in Sydney. Hey Sam, the past few months were pretty difficult for you, but don't forget you're an amazing person and the greatest best friend I could ask for. I love you. Oh, that is so sweet. If you'd love to send a few words of encouragement or a shout out to a friend, check out the link in the show description or our link tree in our link in bio on Instagram and click on shout outs. And with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye! Bye.